0: Take your Bibles and turn back with me to James chapter 2. We're going verse by verse through the book of James and it is strong. It's a strong word. Just about every week it's a strong word. And uh, he is bold and we thank God for him. God loves everyone. Glad you agreed. Jesus died for the sins of everyone. God said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor. And they need to find neighbor as anybody out there with a need. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now look at me. So if you look down on anyone for any reason you are guilty of the sin of prejudice. Amen. I heard a friend say it is not prejudice is not a skin issue. It is a sin issue. Anybody Regardless of the color of your skin, anyone can be guilty of prejudice. And it is sin. And since it's sin, you need to repent of it. And so I don't like this. I'm not trying to be a smart aleck, but you know what? That may be the reason you're still living in that sin because you have a stubborn, rebellious heart. Let's just pray right now that God would speak to us. Father, in the name of Jesus, open our hearts that we not, might not show personal favoritism to think one group is better than another group, dear God. Help us in Jesus' name. If that's your prayer, say amen. Well I've already read the text so let's just jump right into it. Number one James gives the rebuke against prejudice. The rebuke against prejudice. Verse one my brethren do not hold your faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ with an attitude of personal favoritism. You have two phrases that are in juxtaposition. They are Polar opposites here. First phrase is the latter part of the verse there. I want to look at an attitude of personal favoritism. An attitude of personal favoritism. To show personal favoritism. To think that somebody is better than somebody else. That is an exact sharp contrast with your faith in our glorious. Jesus Christ. Is it possible for Christians to be prejudiced? Yes, but they can't live in it without God, the Holy Ghost, just eating them up on the inside. If you're really saved, prejudice is going to bother you. You won't be able to rejoice in it. Jesus did not have an attitude of personal favoritism. Jesus loved all people, still does. And while he was on earth, treated all people the same. Didn't matter if they were Jews, Gentiles, or Samaritans. And when he treated Gentiles and Samaritans like they were somebody, like they were created in the image of God, the Jews got mad. But Jesus did the right thing. In Jericho, Jesus on the way in to Jericho, saved a wealthy man that was up in a tree, Zacchaeus. Went to his house. And the religious hypocrites said, why would he go to a house of a man who is a tax collector? Because Jesus loves everybody. He loves the rich. On the way out of town, there's a poor beggar named Bartimaeus. Son of Timaeus is what that means. Jesus, have mercy on me. Comes over to him. What would you have me do? I want to receive my sight. He said, your faith has made you whole. Jesus loved poor people. He loved rich people the same. Jesus loved country folks, rural people. He loved to go to Galilee. You know what Galilee is? That's the country part of Israel. That's where all the blue-collar, a lot of the blue-collar people were. We would call them blue-collar people. But he also loved the urbanites. He loved the people in Jerusalem as well, a city of multiple thousands. Didn't matter if you were a common man who was illiterate. Jesus could relate to you. Or if you were highly educated and learned like the rabbis, he could, it wasn't that Jesus could just hold his own. Jesus was smarter than anybody, but he loved everybody. Prejudice is something that Jesus never was guilty of. And if we're going to be his followers, we don't need to be guilty of it either either. The Bible, and Jesus in particular, in particular, he rebuked prejudice. I went to Israel for the first time in 1995, and it is a place that is filled with racial tension. Many of the Arabs there, the Muslims, they don't like the Jews, the Jews don't like them, a lot of the Palestinians don't like the Jewish people, You say, well, why don't they like the Jewish people? Because in 1947, 1948, right after World War II, many of the Jewish people came in and said, Your house is now our house to the Palestinians. And they made them, they evicted them. They said, You've got a few weeks to leave. Where are we going to go? We don't know. It's not our problem. They took their land. And you say, well, that's because God gave them the land. I understand all that. But I I just want to say, you've got to to put yourself in other people's shoes at least to understand them. And there's just a lot of tension there. And I want to say this to you. It's not just Palestinians. And it's not just Islamic people that are prejudiced against the Jews. A lot of the Jews are prejudiced against them. It's a two-way street. Say, how do you know well when I went swimming at a swimming pool in Tiberias in 1995 January I went swimming to swim some laps I was the only Gentile in the building everybody else was Jewish and they literally stared at me stared me down And I said, I believe I'll just get in here, swim a few laps, and get out of here. And as I was swimming, they would part at least 10 or 12 yards away from me. They didn't want around me. You say, are you anti-Semitic? No. Just telling you the truth. If you're a Jew, you can be prejudiced. And you shouldn't be. If you're not a Jew, you shouldn't be prejudiced against the Jews. It was this quiet in here last night as well. <laughs> but God loves everybody. Whites should not be prejudiced against blacks. Blacks should not be prejudiced against whites. Asians should not be prejudiced against Latinos. Latinos should not be prejudiced against Asians. I believe Christians do damage to the body of Christ when we speak of, quote, my people, end quote, in sense of ethnic and racial groupings. I think we do damage to the kingdom of God. when We do that. A white Christian has more in common with a black Christian than a white Christian does with a non-white Christian. A black Christian has more in common with a white Christian than they do with a black unbeliever. All Christians, regardless of skin color, should love everyone because Jesus did. And If you're going to be a follower of Jesus, you need to act like Jesus. Galatians 6.10. So then while we have opportunity, let us do, do good to the people that we like. Is that what it says? No? Let's read it together. So then, while we have opportunity, let us do good to all people. All, people. all means all. That's all all means. And especially to those who are the household of faith, especially the Christians. 1 Thessalonians 3:12. May the Lord cause you to increase and abound in love for one another. That's the Christians. And for, say it out loud all people just as we also do for you all people are the same in God's eyes regardless of skin color education finances what part of town you live in kind of car you drive some of y'all think if you drive a fancy car that makes you somebody Really, it just makes you somebody who owes a lot of money. <laughs> Go get a clunker that will you can pay a small amount for it and pay for it. Regardless of the kind of clothes you wear, who your family is, a real Christian has to treat everybody with love. And if you don't, regardless of who you are, look at me. You don't get a buy when it comes to racism, when it comes to discrimination. We're to love and respect all people. I don't care if anybody else told you different, they told you a blatant lie. There is no excuse for you to harbor prejudice in your heart, and you may think there is, but God will rebuke you for it. James gives the rebuke for prejudice. Then notice the repulsiveness of prejudice. Look at verses 2 and 3. For if a man comes into your assembly with a gold ring and dressed in fine clothes, and there also comes in a poor man in dirty clothes. Now you've got two different kinds of people coming into church. And the usher is short-sighted. And he decides to treat one of them with respect and one of them with disdain. The rich guy says he had a gold ring. This literally means gold finger. Now take that with the first verse of James. James, a bond servant. So you got James Bond and gold finger right there in the Bible, all right? (laughs) Don't you like it when I go deep in the Word, amen? (laughs) Brother Steve, you really did great there, all right. Dressed in fine clothes, Lampros, bright, shiny, radiant. It's somebody dressing to be seen, GQ, if you will, making a statement. Want you to do a double take, styling and profiling. But the other one wears dirty clothes. Ruperos, dirty. word is used in Revelation 22, the last chapter of the Bible, verse 11, to refer to people who are spiritually defiled and unclean. So this contrast here could not be more dissimilar. One man is wearing eye-popping clothing, Another guy is in dirty rags. James speaks of the sin that takes place when we look on the outside of somebody but we don't see their heart. Verse 3, and you pay special attention to the one who's wearing the fine clothes. You say, sit here in a good place. But you say to the poor man, you... Just stand over there. Or sit down in my footstool. You pay special attention to, to look upon with unusual favor. The church usher was all enamored with the one wearing bright, shiny, fine clothes. James said he judged them completely and repulsively by outward appearance. He gave the well-dressed man good place. Oh, he might be a tither. Oh, we got to tap into him. But this poor guy over here, he won't be able to give much. Yeah, just, just run him off. You, you stand over there or sit down by my footstool. That's what they were thinking. That's what they were thinking. repulsive prejudice. Some people think that I may not know anything about prejudice. I saw it firsthand when I was growing up. We had a good football team. We had blacks and whites. We played together. We loved each other. We did stuff together all the time. don't tell me it can't work I grew up with it working on our football team but one night we had a little fraternity and a sorority in our town for high school kids and I was in the fraternity and we had a dance after a ball game that we had won and we we would have the whole town would turn out to our football games. We had a good team and people would just yell for us and all. And so we went to this dance and our football team kind of stuck together with all our dates there. We saw some commotion going up by the front door. We're at the American Legion building there in Dyersburg right across from the town square. And so I walked over there to see what the deal was. And the deal was some of our African-American football players had dates and they wanted to come into the dance. And our fraternity leaders were saying, you can't come in. Now think about it. These same people who were saying, you can't come into this dance were just at a football team cheering these guys on when they scored touchdowns or when they made a block. And one of them they were talking to scored a couple of touchdowns, and I blocked for him. So I looked at those guys, and I said, what are you doing? I said, we can't let them in. I said, what are you talking about? That's my football buddy. Yeah, you can let them in. No, no we can't. I said, then you know what? I'm out. I took my date and all the football team left. I want to say this to you, that's ugly. That's repulsive. Now some of y'all are mad because I went dancing. <laughs> I so bad I want to say get over it, but I'm not going to. If I had to do over again, I wouldn't have anything to do with that fraternity. And I praise God that it no longer exists in my hometown. It's one thing for immature teenagers to act with prejudice. It is another thing for an adult to do it. Any kind of prejudice is ungodly. There's no place for it. Especially in the church. Especially in the church. At Bellevue Baptist Church, anybody can come in our door. Anybody that wants to worship God. Now, if somebody wants to come in here and cause trouble, totally different thing. But anybody that wants to come here and learn about God, worship Jesus Christ, comes in peace, it's doesn't matter what color the skin is anybody is welcome here to worship God and if that ever changes we ought to lock our doors because we're not a church of the Lord Jesus Christ amen we're not that's the repulsiveness of prejudice notice thirdly the ridiculousness of prejudice look at verse 4 James tells them how ridiculous it is for them to commit the sin of prejudice. Look at verse 4. Have you not made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil motives? When you start hating people because of the color of sin, you become a judge. And that is dangerous. Who said so? Jesus I hope you remember that I've said James is the best commentary on the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus had something to say about judgment on the sermon in the Sermon on the Mount, chapter 7, verses 1 and following. And that's what James is picking up on here in verse 4. Jesus said in Matthew 7, Don't judge. Do not judge so that you will not be judged. For in the way you judge, you will be judged. By your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the little bitty tiny speck that's in your brother's eye, but you don't notice the log that's in your own eye? Well, I don't understand that. Yes, you do. Why do you look at the little problem that somebody else has when you've got a much bigger problem in your life that that's what you ought to be looking at? if you will take care of yourself, you will have a big time, full time job and leave other people alone. Criticism is not a spiritual gift. Why do you look at the speck that's in your brother's eye, but you don't notice the log that's in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, and behold, the log is in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Take care of yourself first then you'll see clearly. James then reminded these Jewish Christians that God tended in their day to choose poor people over wealthy people to be rich spiritually. Look at verse 5. Listen, my beloved brethren, did not God choose the poor of this world to be rich in faith, heirs of the kingdom which he promised to those who love him? James says that Even though certain Christians are financially impoverished, they're rich in faith. They're heirs of Christ's promised kingdom, that kingdom that had been promised to those who love him. But then in verse 6, it says they plainly dishonored the poor man. He says, "Is not the rich, the verse six? Is is it not the rich who oppress you personally and drag you, and personally drag you into court? Do they not blaspheme? Do they not blaspheme the fair name by which you have been called?" James argued that any way you look at it, racial prejudice is outrageous, it's absurd, makes no sense, it's ridiculous. Again, when I was a boy, there was a lot of racial prejudice. I went with a group the other day to go to Realfoot Lake to eat at Boyette's. And I'm going to tell you, I enjoyed every bit of it. I enjoyed the fried catfish and the country ham and the hush puppies and the onion rings and the french fries and the slaw and the white beans and the tea. But I laid off of the banana pudding, I want you to know. I ate some more onion rings instead, but anyway. On the way up there, we passed through Dyersburg. And somebody said, that's the Francis Theater. Was that the theater? Was that the movie theater when you were a boy? I said, yeah, it is. Immediately, I thought of something. When I was a kid, young kid, it changed later on because they shut that one down. They built another theater with only one floor. But back then, they had a main floor and a balcony. And guess who couldn't sit on the main floor? The blacks. They had to sit up in the balcony. I got a word for that ridiculous. Terrible. I was just a little kid when that was going on. So, how old are you? 63. It's been about 55 years ago, and it was wrong. Shame on whoever put that together. That's the kind of thing James is rebuking in this text. He says, you've made distinction among yourselves. You've become judges with evil motives. It is ridiculous to hate somebody because of the color of their skin. It is ridiculous. If you're black, it is ridiculous for you to hate people just because their skin is another color than yours. If you are white, it is ridiculous for you to hate somebody else because of the color of their skin. God doesn't look at your outward appearance. God looks on the inside at your heart. 1 Samuel 16:7 But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at the height of his stature because I've rejected him. Read the last part with me, good and strong. Here we go. For God sees not as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. God's not looking at your skin color. God's looking at your heart. I don't want to go into it too deep, but I'm going to go into it enough to say that there's not a black person or a white person in this room. We're all different shades of brown and I'm not trying to be cute. I'm not white. I asked my granddaughter one time, I said, am I white? She said, no, you're red. (laughs) I said, it's because I take prednisone. I said, are you white? She said, nope, I'm khaki. (laughs) Different shade of brown. I'll tell you another thing. We all come from the same biological parents, Adam and Eve. We are all biologically kin. If you don't understand kin, We are all biologically connected as family. So when you hate anybody, you hate part of the family. There's only one race in the Bible, the human race. Stop talking about my people and start loving all people. Bellevue is a Jesus church, it is a Bible church, it is a people's church, and I don't want it to have any hint of racism. Everybody is welcome, everybody is valued, because prejudice is ridiculous. You say, this is one of the most frustrating sermons I've ever heard in my life. all we're talking about is rebuke repulsiveness, ridiculousness of prejudice, Well, let's look finally at the remedy for prejudice. You say, Remedy, yes, you need to be healed. You need to be changed. If you hate somebody because of the color of their skin, and I'm telling you, I'm talking to everybody whites, blacks, Asians, Latinos, people from India, whoever you are, Native Americans. If you look at anybody with disdain because of the color of their skin, that is a sin called the sin of prejudice. And you don't get a bye with God, no matter what has happened. You don't get a bye with God. So let's look at the remedy. Look at verse 8. If, however, you're fulfilling the royal law, oh, now we're talking. According to Scripture, what is that? Read it out loud with me. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now that's capitalized because it's quoting an Old Testament text, which is Leviticus 19, verse 18. James calls it the royal law. He said, if you're doing that royal law, you're doing well. Do you remember back in Mark 12 when somebody said, what's the greatest commandment? Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. Second is like unto it, love the Lord. Love uh, your neighbor as yourself in these two commandments, all the law is fulfilled. And what he was saying is the first four of the 10 commandments are about loving God, and the last six are about loving people. He said, if if you'll just love God and love people, you'll keep the commandments. That's the way it works. It's out of love. Verse 9, but if you show partiality, You're committing what? Say it out loud. Sin. Partiality is another word for prejudice. You're convicted by the law as transgressors. goes back to the very first verse that I read from chapter 2. My brethren, don't hold your faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ with an attitude of personal favoritism. Showing partiality and having an attitude of personal favoritism, same thing, it's prejudice. That's what it is and it's a sin, and you need to be remedied from it. Verse 10, for whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at one point, he has become guilty of all. If you have committed one sin, you're a sinner. Verse 11, for he who said don't commit adultery also said don't commit murder. Now, if you do not commit adultery, but you do commit murder, you say, well, I've never done either one of those. Listen, Remember back to what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, that if you think lustfully after another person, you have committed adultery. That's what James has in mind here. If you don't commit adultery, but you do commit murder, and in murder, he said, if you hate somebody, that's murder. That's what he has in mind here. If you hate somebody because of the color of their skin, you're committing murder in God's eyes. You've become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so act as those who are to be judged by the law of liberty, loving God and loving people. And then James says something that ties it all up in a nice pretty bow. Verse 13, for judgment will be merciless to one who shows no mercy. Look at me. In the context, what he's saying, if you keep on hating people because of the color of their skin or anything else, you're going to reap what you sow at the judgment seat. Do you see how serious this is? I don't care who is telling you to hate somebody Don't listen to them. Listen to God. I don't care who's telling you, well, it's okay because they did this. Listen to me. No, it's not. You've got to love everybody. You don't have to love what they do. You don't have to let them abuse you. But you have to love them in Jesus and not hate them in your heart. You have to. Judgment will be merciless to one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Didn't Jesus say that in the Beatitudes in Matthew 5, 7, blessed are the merciful, they shall receive mercy. I'm gonna tell you, when I stand before God, I don't want justice, I want mercy. I want mercy. That's the remedy for prejudice. When we lived in Texas, Don and I got married in June of 1980. I got ordained in July of 1980. We moved to Texas in August of 1980. It had been over 100 degrees, 100 days in a row. I thought we had moved to the moon. Everything was brown, dried up. It wasn't long after that that I heard a commercial on television of a pastor in Dallas, Park City's Baptist Church, James Plites. This was in 1980. He said, back in the 60s when I started pastoring, I really made a mistake. He said, I went up to some little girls that were playing on the playground at our church. One little girl was black and one little girl was white and I said to the black girl I said what would you like me to call you would you like me to call you black or african-american here's her answer she said I'd like you to call me Shirley because that's my name (laughs) yeah I've always admired him for saying that that really he didn't have to say that on himself but just shows even preachers can have it wrong sometime. I know it's been quiet in here because we're in a racially divided country in many ways. What's the remedy for that? The love and the mercy of Jesus Christ. I just want to say this to you. If you can't love other people that are born again, it's not on them, it's on you. Whoever you are, whoever you are, how much pigment you have or how much you don't have doesn't give you a buy. If you're going to follow Jesus, and I got news for you, Jesus was not white. And he wasn't black. He was somewhere in between. I'm telling you, we're all different shades of brown. Amen. Unless you're red. <laughs> Alex Leon is one of our pastors here at Bellevue. His sweet wife, Susanna Leone works with our women's ministry and does different things and just a great girl, loves the Lord. They've got beautiful children. They're a Latino. And uh, Susanna recorded a podcast with my wife and some other ladies in our women's ministry last week called Kingdom Friendship. She shared that growing up in the U.S. as a Cuban-American her mother encouraged her and her brothers and sisters. If somebody made a racial remark to them out of ignorance, not to take it an offense, but rather to use it as an opportunity, to choose to believe that their comment was not from knowledge or understanding. but to befriend them and to draw them close to love them and then to educate them instead of being mad at them. What would happen in Memphis, a very racially divided city? If when somebody was ugly to us because of the color of our skin, they push us out of their circle, what would happen if we put them made our circle bigger and put them back in it. And he said, look, if you'll let me, I'm going to come alongside you. I'm going to educate you on what it means to be what I am. Because if we both love Jesus, we've got a lot more in common than we do apart. I believe God wants to send revival to his church. I read this morning, I was telling Noah earlier, I read this morning in Ezekiel 37 of the Valley of Dry Bones. And as Ezekiel prophesied, they came together. They came together. And God breathed into them the breath of life and they became an army for God. I believe that God wants all people who are His people to come together regardless of the color of skin, to love each other, to realize that we are family and that God is our Father and that Jesus is our Savior. It's not a skin issue. Prejudice is not a skin issue. It is a sin issue. It needs to be rebuked because it's repulsive and ridiculous, and there's only one remedy for prejudice. Love your neighbor as you love yourself.